without regard for my personal comfort or self-advancement, to the best of my ability and to the limitations of my physical and psychological endurance, I solemnly pledge to make every effort to return to safety those victims of disaster entrusted to my care by the assignment of the mission to which I have consented. These things we shall do that others may live. Okay, so I am Al's little sister. He was, he'd always say, like, as we got older, I was his older sister because I had a child and a house and he, he didn't have a car by like 24. So, but yes, I'm his, so three years, two and a half, three years apart, younger sister. All right, cool. And um, yeah. yeah, so then I'll go to my first question, which is, what, what do you look back on and think that we should definitely remember this about now? Uh, okay. So I think about this question often because I have little kids now and I think it's really important to keep him alive, even though he's gone physically, but in their lives and memories. So one of the things that always comes out is my 12 year old daughter. She'll look through his things just the, just the other week she did this. She was looking through his stuff and she sliced her finger with one of his knives and it was just funny because that's something about Al that he always had a pocket knife on him. Like he had a pocket knife on him probably from, I think five was his first age that received one. And it was one that had like a spoon and a fork and a knife. And so you could survive in the woods if you were stranded there. And so that's something I always, it's just a funny memory that he always had a knife. And so if they're, there seems to be knives still always around, like little Swiss Army <laughs> knives around. And so that's something really funny that he would do. But the thing about Al is he would make things come alive, like anywhere he was, if he was in the kitchen or, but that was the same in childhood playing with games, right? Like you would have an ordinary imagination game and then you'd bring Al into it. And suddenly you'd have like a currency, like he would make a currency out of like a stick, like he'd carve the stick and then you'd have coins for it. And it was like, <laughs> it was very serious. Everything was very serious, but very alive. Right. So he right. just made things magical. And I, I've tried to foster that in my kids to use their imagination and um, be in nature. Cause those are all things that were really important to him and that he, just live a simple life too like he was very could make the funnest game out of anything like marbles like I remember at our grandma's we we go to her down to her basement we just have the funnest time with marbles and a sharpie like I don't know what we were even doing (laughs) but it was really fun like he just was really fun so his imagination I think right yeah that's really cool and yeah, you know, some of the things I noticed that, uh, particularly at the funeral, was that it was military funeral. So if you look at it from the outside, all you get is, oh, wow, you know, this person dedicated their life to the military and military, military, military. And there was a couple of comments from people uh, where they're like, well, I don't know, there's so much, this person is pretty complex and like, uh, there's so much more here, you know, and that, that always kind of stuck with me. I was like, there's, there's more, I, I think about the poetry that he's super into and like all these kind of odd, weird um, niches of things. It was never like he was into something that everyone else is into. It was always this weird like niche niche thing that he found. So 
um, yeah, I guess it's always interesting to ask. When it comes to his creative side or like poetry and that sort of thing, where does that start? Is that something he picks up in adulthood or was it kind of always there? Yeah, I think it was always there because he always had his nose in a book. Like he was reading books and I would get so bored. Like I'd be like, how are you still reading that book? And he'd finish the book and go to another book. And I've done like one chapter. So I think that really fostered his like creativity and his love of learning and language because then I don't, and poems, like he was writing, he probably started writing poetry in high school. And it was, I think to do with, he was quite a loner in high school. Like he didn't, and he would always be self-conscious of that, that he just didn't fit in. Like he just didn't have really, he wasn't popular kid. Um, so he had a few close friends, but he didn't have a lot of people. So I think that was probably a, a good way for him to release some of like an outlet, right? A bit of a creative outlet for him. So yeah, probably high school, but it was since he was born, he was interested in that artistic kind of side of life. And he would admire things like he'd stop and, and appreciate those little things. And I think that's what you need in poetry or when you're writing is uh, a, admiration for the natural wor world, for language, for, and he was able to do that and then remember those things and then piece it together and memorizing things. He, so we were homeschooled for four years. We were okay. little shit, like, probably why we're weird, right? But <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't so find the word weird to be all that offensive. You know, like I find no. it more, when I, I've said that word, I've used that word to describe Al before, but it was, it's way more of an endearing sort of compliment. <laughs> so when we were homeschooled, my mom would get us to memorize Bible verses and she'd give us a box of chocolates and he would <laughs> always like the hardest one like the most <laughs> and he'd have it down like so quickly so it was <laughs> I love that <laughs> that's great uh and it never changed uh you know even when the box jocks and stuff just stop coming you're like why are you still memorizing this stuff <laughs> You don't have to anymore. <laughs> That's great. Oh man, that's really good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, he joins the military and went to. He went to Shiloh right away. Is that accurate? Yes, he was in Shiloh. Yeah. Okay, but before that, he went to culinary school. Yes. Um, what was so it was when he picked culinary school? Is that a surprise to anyone, or because that like that's another choice where you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, he was always dabbling in the kitchen. And to be honest, I never liked his food because it was all, <laughs> all really healthy. And like, he was making I, funny. It's really conscious. <laughs> so I remember for sure his pancakes. And I'm like, and I guess I had like, I, my flavor, my taste. I think now I'd probably really appreciate his cooking. But back then I still liked cheese whiz, you know? Right. So, um, <laughs> He was always interested in the kitchen and even when he was little like he was right in there with my grandma especially like my mom's mom they had a really close relationship and she loves she really kept the kitchen alive and so he was always interested in doing that like going through a recipe doing the holiday baking like he'd be do he'd be the one saying 
gingerbread cookies and fruit cake at right. Christmas time, you know, along with his Christmas letters. But so not really because he was he was definitely interested in in that. So that did make sense for him. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a good take. And then when he joins the military, I mean, um, I don't know if I ever asked him why he joined the military, but uh, do you have members of the family or anything like that? I didn't think so. So my father was in the military. So my okay. dad's dad. And I think it was always, it was always kind of this unspoken, but I think, so my dad wasn't able to join the military. And I think he always carried shame around that. He was, you know, firstborn son and, but he had a bit of a, he had cerebral palsy just very mildly on his left side. So it just meant that he was like an inch or maybe not even a whole inch shorter on this left side. Oh, okay. So Al, I feel like he kind of had that almost on him, like he, he was always drawn to the search and rescue. That was always his goal in joining. Like he, right. he was never in signals. Like he would want to do something cool, like infantry maybe or something fun, but he would want to go overseas. Like he would have wanted, he would have thought that would be pretty awesome joining. Right. But definitely he always had search and rescue as his goal. He just, it was something far off that he never thought he'd be able to do. And all that being said, he also never thought he'd be smart enough for education. So he never wanted to apply to universities because he never thought he would be smart enough for that. So in some ways, it was like, you know, you can get into this maybe, if that makes sense. It was a little right. bit that you see a friend there where he really didn't believe in himself very much. When interesting. Now afterwards, right? He's yeah. He should. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because it's funny to look from the outside and you'd be like, what? Like, have you seen some people that went to school? Like, you don't think you're smart enough? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I would look at it like that, you know, but I guess that's just who he was. Uh, I kind of yeah. under, underestimating himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, that's, that's uh, and then he goes, he goes, Sar kind of gets in. Um, so that's probably, probably pretty exciting moment. Uh, really exciting. This is honestly like, the whole way through he was like oh something's gonna stop you know just feeling like he wasn't gonna quite make it almost right, like right. this is happening but um, am i really going to be given this at the end like he's so he he wanted to be there as you know more than anyone oh, he yeah, was yeah. luckily he luckily the selection to get in is bush lore which you know he knew more about than maybe some of the aspects he probably knew more than the instructors about just because you know, research isn't just whatever. So like, he topped our selection. I know that for I know that for a fact that he's in the top top three of our selection. Um, this is like that bushcraft stuff. Like he seemed to be able to do that all day. Same with the Arctic. Like we're in the Arctic. I was like, oh my god, this is brutal. And he's there carving the perfect uh, igloo while all of us like just suffer for the next like two weeks. <laughs> it wasn't his first igloo. When we were children, he made me build a Quincy. He taught me how to build a Quincy. In like minus 60 like uh, in the north and we spent the night in there when we Jeez. were like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what's funny it's like there was no google right so you know he's reading through you know an encyclopedia or something to find oh, out yeah. how to build nigger <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> he is just 
yeah, I don't know. There's nobody going to be like him, you know? Like, I'm sure you feel that. Like, he's yeah. just... And maybe that's part of, like, the good die young, you know? Like, the people that die young, if you notice, they're usually really cool. Like, they're right. they're not like anybody else. And I think that's the part that you don't realize till when they're gone, that you're like, oh, that's what it was about you. Like, you're just you're irreplaceable you you were really cool and you kind yeah. of you appreciate that more of course after they're gone but yeah just so such an appreciation for all the memories that we have that now I can give on to our kids like my kids play games like imaginary games that their uncle Al and Susie is it Susie I forget my daughter what she says she is and they just play these like crazy elaborate games and so I'm like it's fun that I feel like they know him yet they've never met him but it's just the, how we talk about him the memories that we keep alive the things we have of his like his coonskin cat you know right. that he wore for his, his life in his childhood um all those funny things we just I like to keep those alive in our homes so that he can be preserved in some way right. and just his work like how really he did he was pretty cool like he did a lot and all of the things that he was able to do like it's motivation for all of us it's just encouraging for people to know that like you can do anything you really want right. you know and yeah. even things like the right like we go to the mountains or um planes or like all these little things that kind of remind me of him it's just it's like his he's he's still with you because he's right. just i don't know this is that cool the, he's not the, leaving. the essence of the character still exists you know like yeah. the yeah that it, it's kind of yeah. cruel it's kind of cruel how like you know al could be uh you know certain special and he's carrying on his life and it's kind of slowly increasing and we can like vastly increase the value if he's not here anymore but that's that sucks like that's such a high price you know what i mean and we didn't get to yeah pick, we didn't get to pick to pay the price or not so it's kind of done but the value the value almost like goes up so you know, this totally. is the same with they they've kept stories around for thousands of years. I'm not a religious person at all, but there's still value in stories that have been able to make it thousands of years, you know. And so on a smaller scale, if we keep keep thinking about and keep thinking of stories, he still gets to be here and, and the essence is there and it, it kind of just carries carries on. Yeah, things just have a little bit more meaning, you know, like I have that poem if on my son's wall and like mm -hmm all those things just mean that much more and it makes you rethink kind of how you do things too right so yeah it's it's really like he's given us some really cool lessons right yeah yeah he taught me to um hug my friends more when they're that's what he taught me that i've learned in the last couple of years so i always make sure i tell them if they matter to me and i always give them a hug that's what he taught me yeah yeah and because you just never know. And I think that's what it taught a, a lot of us is just how quickly life changes, right? Like from one minute to the next, it could just, you could really be gone in essence. Right. You're, oh, what are you doing in this day that you would do differently if, if all these people were gone? Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, if you can live your life like that, that's huge. Like you're living with a purpose, right? You have, right. You're, you have intention and you have your goals because you're, you're building and you're growing and learning and it's just a lot more than just going through emotions you know right and I think it's important to like 
there's a there's obviously like an extreme where like it can't be where there's fear of it you know it, you know there's almost this balance of being aware that that reality exists and that is what's supposed to kind of increase the value of every single day because every single day it doesn't happen you know you yeah. you've, you've gone another day so uh yeah i i think that the fear thing it, it can't be used as fear like that's just that's a waste of time because you can't control it uh but whereas yeah. if we're just aware of it yeah yeah absolutely i like it well I'll, that's fantastic and honestly um just a, even just this is so good for uh kind of remembering al on the it's five years already which i am blown away by i don't even under can't even comprehend that yeah yeah that's yeah. wild uh i was like those days are wrong like that and i'm doing it back and based on i always remember based on the age of my kid so i'm like holy <laughs> like I, I can't believe it's it's been that that long yeah five years i know years just going actually yeah. crazy um all the things you guys put out because you know it, you know what it keeps him alive for me too because when i see you know, I, if I tune into your podcast or just, I don't know, just connecting here and there, like you gave me that picture and it's really meaningful because that was such a big part of him closest to his last days. So right. it kind of, it him alive in a way too, through you guys and, and even your work, like you guys are doing some cool stuff. Like, I love that. I think it's really cool what you guys are doing all the time too. Awesome. Well, always, what's that? Sorry. When you found the hundred miler, that was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys send me uh, video messages and stuff. And my wife showed me like throughout the race. That was pretty, that was pretty powerful. It was a pretty emotional uh, end to the race and everything. And yeah, that was, that was fun. I went back and did the, uh, the death race as well, because Al has run that you as well. Did? Yeah. Oh, that's um, Yeah. Pretty cool. cool. No, I didn't get sixth um which al did i think i got like 50th or something which is basically last but whatever you're a, little, you're a little bit older than he was he was younger yeah and he's More a better runner <laughs> and he's a better <laughs> runner <laughs> cool well thank you so much for uh adding some of this this different uh side of things and obviously for obvious reasons like i can't really do this with with many of the other fallen star tech so it's just kind of a unique relationship that we have and uh yeah I appreciate that deeply. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan.